What's going on guys? It's your boy, Justin BP, aka you already know who the fuck it is. Today I got my boy Rap Bomb with me. What's, What's good? good? I'm chilling. How you doing? Good. Word. You already been here for a yeah, minute. A little commotion in the, in the <laughs> household, but we got it situated. So tell me a little bit about these new songs coming up. Word. So actually what I'm doing right now is my goal is to be releasing one song every month for the foreseeable future. I don't exactly know how long I want to do it for as of right now. Um, and they're just going to be singles. No, yeah, they're all singles. No tying into like an album. So yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking of how they all relate and I think the biggest thing is... But my last song was called Light It Up, which you heard, which is definitely like more of a smoker-type anthem. Um, but I still think it has a positive feeling to it. It's about sharing weed with your friends mm -hmm. and everything. But regardless, I think most of my songs, what they're going to be having to do with in the future is just about connectivity and positivity so just about like coming up together as a community with my people and also spreading that positivity to everyone that i uh, interact with that's like a that's really dope fire so yeah i mean my next song is coming out october 5th um and it's called been a long time okay and uh yeah i produced the whole record myself uh recorded mixed and mastered it by myself um in my studio it's called soul sonics and uh spell it out for the people it's s-o-u-l space s-o-n-i-x and uh yeah space yeah don't forget got, the fucking space don't forget the space i mean you could probably look it up without that and you'd still find us honestly okay uh, we got a website soundasonics.com and uh that's like one of my main sources of income right now running sessions doing mixing and mastering for other artists um, as well as like i dj a lot around town and stuff and throw shows and parties and that's um, what's up man yeah, so... Tell um, them where they can find you at regularly. Word. So, every week, I'm at Dragon's Den on Thursdays. I do an event called Throwback Thursdays, which is basically meant to be like a 90s-esque, early 2000s night. So, we have uh, Nintendo 64 set up every week with really fire throwback games, Mario Kart, Blitz Football, like, whatever we got, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, also do a lot of throwback records i play a lot like what you were saying was your favorite records those are some of my favorite to play honestly like uh 50 cent ja rule um r kelly know, r not really the r kelly <laughs> me neither man but, i was like uh, before there was I, was I think i was saying on my last podcast but before that like i don't think there ever was like a usher or like r kelly like thing I was, I was Team Usher, like, all the way. Word. I definitely will put myself Team Usher, too, on that. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like, honestly, besides Ignition, R. Kelly doesn't really have anything. Like, he ain't shit, bro. Confessions I don't care. Part 2 was crazy. There's hits on that record. And, like, at the if I play those records at a club, like, people will still sing the words. Like, that's big. If people are not just dancing... You, you put that song on, someone's having a kid in the, bed, Facts, the bathroom. in the bathroom, bro, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or behind the bar, like, shit. Something. But, uh, yeah, so I'll be there every single Thursday. Okay. And um, I also host events regularly, at least a few other times a month. So I don't know what day this is coming out, but this Saturday I'm going to be doing a producer showcase called Beats and Balloons with yeah. my homie E.T. That's fire for any like rappers out there that are looking for producers. I always recommend they Are you going out. to NOLA Mix to do the... Uh, the beat battle? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I... I might go, but I don't think I'm going to do the beat battle because okay. I think E.T.'s judging it. So yeah. I feel like it's kind of like cheating. Be, it's yeah. cheating, honestly, if I go. Because like, either he won't pick me but then i'll feel like you'll feel hoed you'll be like bro you're or not he picking will me. pick me because and then i'll be like you, you just did that because we homies so but yeah no let no let me beat battle no let mix beat battles are sick and uh 
I love Ben. He's a nice guy. Yeah, that's one of the coolest record shops up in New Orleans, especially from the hip-hop perspective. As exactly. Far as understanding what people are. A lot of people who dig nowadays really are doing it from a producer standpoint, comparative to uh, back the last time the record shops were this big. So I think it's cool. They're definitely hip again. They're definitely hip. Like, for a while, Peaches was, like, basically the last shop in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in the past five years, they've opened up so many new shops and uh, other shops. Like, I know this spot called Captain's, mm-hmm. where it used to be, like, in this guy's living room, and he eventually got his own storefront. So other people <laughs> It was just in his living room. Literally at his house, yeah. That's cool, man. Um, I know the struggle. But, uh, yeah, facts. So <laughs> we out here, you know what I'm saying? But, um, I mean, yeah, that's how most people in the music industry start I feel like you know in your, in your room in one way or another so that's how I is. started my rap career word as Lil Blurb Lil Blurb yeah that's a fire name actually. <laughs> I thought it was cool word um yeah uh, it's decent <laughs> <laughs> it was trash bro but, I'm glad uh, I ditched it that's how I started too though in my bedroom when I was like I did a lot of poetry actually mm-hmm. beforehand, and then I kind of came up in the Philly. I'm from Philadelphia. Okay. I came up. In I was about to ask you. Word. So, came up in Philadelphia and did a lot of writing. And my brother uh, is actually my foster brother. He was kind of like a very, very well known uh, poet, slam poet in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He traveled, performed for like Russell Simmons in L. A. and all this stuff. And he kind of got me into from written poetry to slam poetry, which, if you know the difference, is a vast difference yeah. between the two. And when we started performing together, um, basically what happened was we got we started getting gigs, performing poetry, and like people would have us out like corporate event type stuff at first. But then we ended up getting booked to do an assembly at our school, and we went to public school, and it was a big school, like almost two thousand. That's in Philadelphia. Yeah, and uh, basically what happened was um, this young guy who was he's actually older, a year older than both of us, but he's a producer, Mm -hmm. and. uh, he came up to us afterwards like, yo, did y'all, y'all ever think about rapping? And we were both like, uh, not, not really, but what's up? And he gave us some beats and like we recorded them joints like on the lap, just like a mic, just like yeah. this, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in the bedroom when we were like, I think we were 16 or maybe 15. So when did you move to New Orleans? So I moved to New Orleans when I was 18 mm-hmm. uh, for my freshman year of college, basically. And um, yeah. It's, I went to Loyola University studying That's music what's industry and uh, yeah, they got a lot of good people coming out of that music fucking school. Yeah, definitely, it's interesting actually because a lot of people know who G Easy is and yeah. he went to Loyola. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that, but I didn't want to seem basic. Where, no, it's all good. Cause, <laughs> I mean, he is very popular, but it's yeah. interesting because I didn't know. I had known about his music when I was in high school still, but I did not know that he went to Loyola. Mm-hmm. And when I went to Loyola, he still went to Loyola. And I would, like, see him at parties and stuff. That's cool. And I'd be like, damn, this is such a small world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Because Loyola is a tiny school. Yeah, so, it is. Like, the program has, like, th- less than 300 people in it at the time that I started. So It's expensive as fuck, too. Yeah, well, they throw the money, bro, for real. Like, uh, get all types of scholarships to go to Loyola. Really? Yeah, I got a few, luckily. Hmm. Um, made it out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> made it out the mud yeah. in Loyola. Nah, made it out like for real, debt free. Loyola showed love on the scholarships. And That's I know up. a lot of people who had a similar scenario, but um. Yeah, my friend Peyton had a, a scholarship for baseball over there. Word, I might have actually known him. Peyton Center. Yeah, he's cool. I guy. So I definitely knew a baseball player named Peyton. I feel like he's a pretty cool dude. But uh, yeah, regardless, so um. 
Let's see, when I went, when I moved down here, like the first time I ever came to New Orleans, I remember like going to check out Loyola and no offense to Loyola, but I wasn't really sold on the school very much, but I kind of like explored the city a lot and I just fell in love. Yeah, for real. And it's just the biggest thing that it was for me was actually people. There was several conversations that I can still recall very vividly that um, made me see a side to people that I hadn't seen before in my life. Like they call it Southern hospitality, but mm -hmm. I think it goes deeper Deep. than that. That's how it felt. It didn't just feel like being hospitable to me at the time. And uh, I just knew, I was like, even if I don't like Loyola, like I'm going to love being in the city. And you know what I'm saying? And you haven't left since. Yeah. Nah. You think you're going to leave? Don't plan on it. No, no. I That's mean, what's up, man. I like to travel, you know what I'm saying? But uh, Is it always sunny in Philadelphia? Uh, no, it's not, honestly. It, <laughs> rain, it rain and snow a lot up there. Like, um, but, uh, yeah, people ask me that. All the I time. think that's why they named the show that. Because it's, so. it's, it's like island. never sun. Yeah. yeah, facts. But no, um, yeah, as far as traveling, like I have a bus. I told you that earlier. Yeah. So um, I have a 40 foot school yeah, bus. Tell everybody about this bus. So, I mean, basically, I got this bus. I won it in a bet, actually. Um, that's pretty cool. And I won it. It was about like eight months ago, 10 months ago, maybe. Mm hmm. I think I got it in November of last year. Essentially, um, I knew that I wanted something to help. I'd been on a couple tours already uh, through like the southern coast, uh, Texas, Louisiana, Atlanta, Florida, Alabama, places like that. And I knew that it was it's really hard to tour, especially in hip hop. Like you'll have like seven different people at least. So it's like. If you have a car big enough for all those people, people, then you don't have anywhere to bring your equipment and yeah. your other stuff. So I knew we, we needed something, and the bus really came. I, I like was calling to me for a minute that that was the move. Not so, an RV. Well, that was Not actually... A tour what I, bus. That's what I first wanted was an RV, but I realized it'd be easier to get a bus. A fucking bus, man. Um, and that's really what it came down Is to. Is it cheap? Well, like I said, I want it, actually. Yeah, I know you... But most so... They are inexpensive to get usually because what happens is like mine was a Louisiana Parish bus, and what happens is is like the whole fleet goes out of commission at one time, mm -hmm. and that summer they sell them for ridiculously low. I don't know who they sell them to, but I found or how that happens. I mean, but I found someone who had bought an entire. It's some like underground bus running. It seemed shit. like it seemed like you gotta know somebody because you, you gotta know somebody basically like these people in Mississippi. Like when I went to pick it up, they had like a whole. Thing of field of buses and it's like what the f so yeah um that's strange as fuck bro. and they're not it's, that expensive honestly you could look it up on ebay but yeah. i've seen people in the city in new orleans selling them too like independent shops and stuff i might give me a bus that's cool Word, it's cool i know people with with three kids who live on a bus full time like that's what's up so it's possible but yeah so um i'm in the process of converting it to like a tour bus but also a workstation like where we can work on music <coughs> etc so and, um, you, you took all the seats out and everything? Yeah, and I took all the seats out, was able to sell most of them and have a few of them as furniture around the crib besides that. And then... Uh, I would have left, like, the back row. Where, well, I really wanted... Like, the back the back of the bus is really where the master bedroom will be. Okay, okay. As well as, the like, what I've already built as a desk to uh, set up a studio and everything like that. Um... And yeah, I could reinstall them later. We we ended up this is like extra detail, but we ended up ripping out the subflooring and reinstalling new subflooring, so we would have had to take all the seats out anyway. Oh, I got you. But um, 
Yeah, so I need to see this thing, bro. Definitely come. I mean, telling you, come. We're having a party next Saturday. I'll, I'll give you a little tour of the bus. It's That's pretty much up. hollowed out right now. I don't but, give a um, fuck. I want to. That seems cool as word. shit, bro. Yeah, for sure. Bless. Um, it's definitely an interesting. Shout uh, out the Soul Bus. Yeah, the Soul Bus. I actually call it the Beach House. The Beach House. Yeah, facts. This summer I was living um in the bus, but <clears throat> parked in the lower nine. Okay. And in this guy's like backyard, basically. And uh, it was all saying. Uh, no, but you would wake up in the morning and it would be, it would really feel like waking up on the beach. Like if you ever slept on the beach for a night and you wake up there in the morning, never have, it's kind of like a magical feeling, like hearing the water. The first morning it came to me was like, it was drizzling in the morning and it was like, damn, this is really like being at the beach. Like it just feels nice and tropical almost. And he seemed like a real hippie. Word. Living on a bus. It's, a modern hippie. I mean, it definitely came across that way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not insulting you. No, no, not at all. Like I, I take that as a blessing, honestly, because mm-hmm. uh, I believe in a lot of those values. But um, I do think, like, I've seen people living on buses that are very high tech and have all the amenities of a home as well. Oh, yeah, man. I've seen a double wide trailer that is nicer than a million dollar house. Word. So then you already know where we're coming from. Because you can buy the land for cheap, you buy the trailer for cheap, then you can blow all the money um, on decking that bitch facts. out. And uh, the bus is good for a lot of stuff. Like, I'm also working on this thing called No Beef, Mm -hmm. um, which essentially is a plant-based platform that has... uh, Basically, we have three intentions. One is to kind of, like, spread the knowledge of how to cook uh, plant-based meals. Because I would love to see that. A lot of people be asking me, like, what do you... So we have an Instagram called No Beef. It's no three underscores than beef and uh that's the only one that was available yeah they already had no underscores one underscore and two underscores and then yeah so we had to settle obviously those people can post shit ever but whatever so uh buy them buy the first one no beef maybe i should look into that honestly go go search them then hit them with a message if they don't hit hit you back within like 30 days see if they've been active for 30 days then you can probably contact instagram itself and then tell them to d- cancel that account if it's inactive. Oh, bet. Yeah, that might be a huge press. <clears throat> All right, word. So, yeah. So I, know, I know Twitter does that. Because, like, right. I remember hearing a podcast. You know who Ninja is? The guy who does... I've heard... That's a YouTube guy. Right? Yeah, he's the streamer on Twitch yeah, who does okay. the Fortnite shit. Yeah, I've heard of him. Well, like, on all of his handles, he just has at Ninja. And, like, you would think that was taken, you know? But, like, on Twitter, they had a Ninja, and he would never respond to him. He would keep messaging him. And then one day, his bro was like, just tell Twitter. So he t- contacted Twitter and was like, yeah, that account's been a- inactive for, like, years. Ever. Yeah, years. And they gave it So they just gave it to him. That's better than paying for it, too. Yeah. All right, bet. I'm going to look into that. Well, yeah, so if anybody looks up No Beef, currently, like, I mean, I cook every single day. I rarely, like, eat out or anything. So mm-hmm. I cook, like, at least twice a day. And we post, uh, all my housemates are plant-based as well. And we post... Uh, photos and videos of what we're cooking and a lot of times people ask for recipes so i'm also working on a cooking show make a um, cookbook where your cookbook will be fire as well actually <laughs> um just lists of recipes definitely and a lot of it is really low budget stuff and stuff that's very easy to make with minimal time effort i definitely that. need to get on that show but and yes uh, people look that shit up no because beef. eating meat fucking sucks I still eat dairy products, so I'm still a part of the system. We but work, we working on it. Like we I don't like to like look down on anyone or shame anybody because yeah. we all in our own situation. But I, my goal is really through no beef is just to spread knowledge mm-hmm. more about what you can do, not more about what you are doing. If I that, got you. That makes sense. And uh, my actual eventual goal is I wanna 
Sometimes you see how, like, in restaurants, I mean, in on, like, food products, it'll have, like, the certified V for vegan or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get all the cities in the world, all the restaurants in the city, I'm sorry, to have uh, one option. That's Do you have a petition? Uh, I haven't started that yet. No. Okay. My, so what, if, what, what, what has been the process so far? So essentially, like, what I, my goal is is to really go to, the, go to restaurants and when they don't have something, ask okay. if they're considering it and then like continue to get other people to do, do, do you solicit thing. these waiters uh no not really solicit. do you ask for the manager first yeah that's what i'd like to do or the owner really okay um, and uh, i wouldn't just be asking the, the waiters yeah, and shit no, that facts. you know facts no I, I, I know someone who does that and that, that it's fucking it's embarrassing yeah no i definitely my goal really is just to have it to where if you're plant based, you can go to any restaurant and no, 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 beef and no. I get that, but I'm oh. saying if you're saying you're going to restaurants, I was like, don't be like to the waiter, hey, are y'all thinking about doing this? Cause they don't yeah, fucking or, know, no, you know. No, definitely not that. I wanted to attack it on a more a higher up on the level. But, okay. Um, yeah, so just like all that through no beef, I'm trying to just expand people's ability to have access to these things, etc. So I feel that. Um, but on the bus, um, basically one portion of what I'm trying to do with it. Is uh, and the way I have the layout design right now is to be able to essentially do like a pull up pop up food truck, um, so we can pull up and uh, have uh, plant based food options available anywhere and that would be uh, fucking factor that into doing shows and stuff like that. I actually had the idea for a vegan fast food restaurant. Oh, where? Because they don't have one, I don't think. Not out here in L. A. They do actually. Well, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure they have one. There's but... some fire joints out in L. A. Like for real. Like they got like. Uh, I'm thinking like, like just straight dollar menu items. Yeah, they got like vegan McDonald's out there. Yeah. Basically, it's crazy. You pull up. I want one steam, one steam stick of celery. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like just give, just pick your order. Yeah, no, I definitely. Uh, People would buy that shit, man. I'm sure they do in L. A. and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you see, in New Orleans is expanding a lot. The plant based. I do. Mindset. Like, well, you said to me earlier, like, there's a lot of places down here. They do. And they're Have all, you been to the Seed? Than, yeah, Seed. They're opening like a the second seed. Yeah. branch of Seed as well. A branch. I went to MoFo. It's not full vegan, but I they have vegan. I one time. It's yeah. pretty good. They got a lot of places, like a Thousand Figs, Breads on Oak. If you never, like, Breads on Oak has, like, a vegan egg McMuffin there. Like, it's what? crazy. Yeah, it's like bacon, egg, and cheese and all that. How is it bacon, egg, and cheese? It's all plant-based stuff. I don't quite. Know. I don't want to eat bacon. Even if I, like, stop being vegetarian, which I doubt I will, because I've been feeling, like, amazing ever since I stopped eating meat. But I will... Pork is the last thing I'm going to fucking eat. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, it's not real pork, so it's maybe not the same thing. I I, I understand. I'm just saying, because bacon was, like, my thing. Oh, back in the Disney. Yeah, like, bacon. You fucked with turkey bacon or no? Fuck turkey bacon. Okay, Canadian. I I liked all pork. Like, I loved it. And then, like... What made you switch up? Research. Look up anything about pork. It is like the worst fucking meat for you. I feel you. So most of your uh, inspiration was behind the health, basically. <sighs> yeah. It was mostly for health. For sure. I mean, I do care about the animals, but... Not as much. <laughs> not as much as <laughs> I myself. But yeah, I mean, everybody... I guess that makes me a shittier person, but... I don't think so. I don't think so, honestly. I just like, feel like there's nothing I can do, you know. Even if I were to be like an activist for it, like it, you already are having an impact, though. Yeah, know? for real, and like spreading the word is gonna have an impact on other people as well. So it's like, I feel that. 
Yeah. It definitely makes an impact too. Anybody can do anything. Anybody can do something, and doing anything is something. So, in my opinion, life lessons from rap on. Life lessons from rap on. Facts. Facts. F A X. All right. You ready to preview this, John, for these people? Oh yeah, definitely. All right. Give them the title. Uh, my new track is called "Been a Long Time." And here it is. I've been counting up. Been a long time. Oh, oh. It's been a long time. Yeah. Been a long time. Oh, oh. It's been a long time. I've been counting up 1,200 days. Sitting in this room, just trying to make a groove. Here I walk for dudes, talking only about the fruits of my labor. I got the whole crew on a bus, get it cracking like some glaciers. You could catch us in your neighborhood when we rolling through. Listen to the music and you'll know what we've been going through. Lost my nana last year, that was heavy. But I ain't gonna be breaking like no levees. Hold steady, cause it's been a long time. I ain't quitting. Things I always had that sufficient and commitment. They notice the persistence when you hit them so relentless. Why I'm always going in and you can never catch me slipping. Every day I'm having sessions, you could book one. But if you really want that job hitting, you gon' put me on the hook, son. As what about the shook ones? Anything can happen. Just be sure you take your action. All these moments passing like it's been a long time. Long time. Oh, it's been a long time. Oh, oh, yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time that we waiting, Lord knows. I've been patient, but I'm about to break the gate in like I'm raiding this. Try and stack a couple hundred, get the sound system rumbling it. I'ma make it rain in here. I've been buzzing on the wall, now I'm about to get the call. It's the time to have my rain and sit. Up right on top the throne till it's time for me to go. But I really wanna stay a bit. Cause it's been a long time, wanna hang a long time. That's the thing about time, love, isn't it? Always gotta fly, you ain't ready for goodbye But the TikTok really couldn't give a shit Try and hold on, make the moment last long Except it's already gone, done, and ended then Why I focus on the moment, so much more than where I'm going Cause the journey ain't about the destination, man I said it's been a long time back and we're going away see y'all later it's nice having bless it's gonna be it's gonna be here or was i suppose so that track is dope blessings blessings i like how it sounds more contemporary where yeah it definitely has a different vibe has those bumping 808s and this uh yeah it's a different vibe for sure from my last two tracks i put out recently for a while I didn't put out music for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put out some beats, but not like with me rapping on it or singing on it, because I was like, I wanna, 
I think you should sit on things and like work on them and plan things out more. Like that's how they do it in the labels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. That's why like people drop an album like a whole year later and have like nothing in between. Maybe it's not like a feature here and there. But uh, then I started writing a lot of songs and also getting better at accomplishing those type of things quickly. Like my mixing and, and such has gotten better to where I can do it in less amount of time and. You probably got your presets down, huh? Word. I actually don't use presets, but... Okay. I've been thinking that would help me more, actually. <laughs> but uh, I kind of like to start fresh every time, because I feel like it's a good it's a good way to make sure... It gives love to each individual track. And, like, there's no pre-imposed thing that I got to do, either. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, with that. But, yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, normally I crank out beats pretty fast, so, like, if I... If like, the way I've been processing things the last few months is, like, I'll make a bunch of beats. Like, let's say I make 10 today. Then maybe a few of them I'll be, like, singing along. And, like, I might have, like, a melody or a rhythm or, like, a harmony or something that's coming to me. And then one of them might really grab me. And, like, usually what happens is I'll come up with the hook first. Mm-hmm. And from there, like, that'll kind of lay out what I know. Once I have the hook, I kind of know what the song's about, and then I know what I'm finna. You gotta about. drop a all bars, no hooks. Word. I used to do that type of stuff a lot more, like. But recently, I've been more about the craft of songwriting. So, like I told you before, like I'm kind of working on an album, mm-hmm. working on it for like three years actually. Do you have the title? Uh, it's called The Lovely One. The Lovely One. Yeah, and um, it's a concept album, which I feel like is something a lot of people say nowadays. Yeah, that means it's an idea, and I'm gonna tell you about it, but it could change. Um, well, so nah, this concept is pretty set in its ways, like, essentially what it's about is, it's called The Lovely One, but each track is about a different person, so each track is about a different woman in my life, and how the effect they've had on me, and it's not really, like, all love songs or anything like that at all. That is, that is a dope concept. Blessings, thank you, and the con- it's supposed to be that they're all lovely ones, like, each one, even though some of the songs are sad, honestly, and mm-hmm. not, like, breakup sad, like, real sad, you feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Some of them are happy, like, some of them are about personal relationships that have nothing to do with, um... Sexual like, content. Sexual yeah. content, anything like that, um, and so... Yeah, I started writing it probably, like... I probably wrote the first song four years ago, actually. Like, this fall. Sometime this fall, be four years ago. And I didn't even know I was making the album at the time. Um, <laughs> you just came up with the concept it, it on came the fly. later, yeah. yeah. Um, it came through a process of basically, like, this girl in my life telling me that all the songs you make is about girls. Like, you need to diversify. Like, <laughs> And this is coming from a place of, like, I always would wonder, like, what is my message to hip-hop and, like, to the world? And when she said that to me, like, I kind of went inside of myself and realized, like, there's probably something more that I'm not saying. And that's why I keep coming back to these, like, love songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it started growing from there. And uh, the album is essentially all written now, but a lot of it is just comes down to mixing. And then um, what I really realized was, like, I don't want it to fall on deaf ears. And I just don't think that it's ready to come out yet. Mm-hmm. And it's more about building... Uh, an audience and a platform on which to release that because it is something that's really important to me and some of the songs I think will be really important to other people as well I definitely feel that concept like a lot of people mostly women don't understand that like relationships between people don't have to be sexual if it's the other sex you know for sure you can definitely have an intimate relationship with someone that is not sexual whatsoever. definitely like even I mean, with the same sex yeah it could be a friend it could be 
an enemy, honestly. It could be a person in your life that's family. You know what I'm saying? And all those are kind of topics that I touch on. When you view people songs. as like the same being, no matter what you are, you I feel like that's what you're getting on to. Yeah. You know, like, just because they're a woman, like, they play that part, but, like, they're still a human, you know? Also, I think the biggest thing I'm trying to touch on with the project is that it seems to me that, especially in hip-hop music, we, like, glorify sex a lot. Yes. And sexuality as well. And while that's, like, a beautiful thing, it makes me feel like there's other people who do not fall under the category of this song or whatever song, and they feel like they're left out. And I want you to understand that, like, through these songs, that the impact you're having on me as a person and an artist, that is what makes you lovely. Like, it has nothing to do with the service at all. Yeah. And I think... Um, I'd probably have to hear it to understand you more. For sure, yeah, most stuff. And, you know, I could probably sneak you some, a couple sneak previews of some That would be dope, man. I get to but, go see uh, your bus, play me a few songs. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Absolutely. Matter of fact, if you come through... I'll definitely come through. Um, but, uh, yeah, so right now, essentially, that's not completely on the back burner, but that's not, for a while, that was like my main focus every day was like, what am I doing to drive this album forward and finish it? What do I have to record or re record or mix or like whatever, write? Mm -hmm. Now it's kind of, I'm more thinking about just like growing my brand. Like I have several brands, you know what I'm saying, or business ventures that I'm into right now. Well, shout out a few. So I mean, Rap Bomb. That's where it all started. Was my music and myself as a person, as a human being. Uh, beyond that, like I have no beef, um, which is essentially we talked, we talked about, about that, that earlier. Yeah. I have Fax Hat, which is a clothing brand I'm working on that kind of just plays off the term Fax, which a mm -hmm. lot of people say I think it's Facts. kind of a place true. Mm -hmm. So like it's. And uh, finally, and possibly most importantly, is Soul Sonics, which is my studio um, company that was started with my partner, Josh Katoy. Uh, that's really also my mentor, someone who's taught me a lot about music production. And um, So you said something about having another studio in, in L.A. and yeah, New York? Yeah, so my homie Josh, that's like my brother for real. So we started Soul Sonics, uh, I think in 2015, mm -hmm. April. And essentially, uh, what we began was just recording people. First, we were recording ourselves, and it moved to recording other artists and stuff. I have a lot of connections with a lot of artists, so just bringing them through and starting recording them. And uh, after, He's from Brooklyn, New York, and mm -hmm. after some time, he moved back up to New York for like a year, and he got a spot up there uh, in Brooklyn and started recording people up there as well, mm -hmm. uh, all under the same business venture. And right now... Um, Recently, he's been out in L.A. for the past few months just trying to go out there and experience what the flavor is out there and what the industry is like. It's very oversaturated right now. You know, yeah. a lot of people are out in L.A. I mean, it's oversaturated throughout America. So, so <laughs> you could throw a rock and hit, like, ten rappers, you know? Like. Showing it bounce off three of them. <laughs> but, uh, no, like, so he wanted to go out there, and he got a spot out there and has been recording out there as well with artists and stuff. Um, New Orleans is definitely our home and our hub and the place where we have the most legitimate following and uh, artist base. Probably the best uh, like talent. A lot of incredible talent out here for sure. I've noticed. Um, and some of the artists I work with are incredible. I definitely want to link you up with some of them as well. Definitely. Some people I think are really uh, talented and interesting. But yeah, so uh, through 
my own releases of these songs like I'm hoping to accomplish to uh, be a, a growth in those other brands as well um, I'm definitely gonna get one of those fax hats I really sure. fucks with those so yeah I should have brought one by man but um, next time it's all good I'll buy it from you but, uh, promote your business oh, blessings there you go yeah we got discounts you know what I'm saying there we go the fam. get the fam discount boy. absolutely okay but yeah um, so uh Moving forward, just focusing on releasing a lot more music, independent music, singles through time, working with other artists. I feel that, man. And, uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about yourself now. What you want to know? The people want to know. They've, they've tweeted me. They've sent me d- DMs. What they want to know about. They want to know what's your favorite food. Damn, that's pretty hard, actually. My favorite food? I feel like it's pizza. Honestly. That's the wrong answer. It's pussy. I mean, that's a whole. I don't really. No, I'm just joking. I don't, really, I don't like trying to consume it and take it away. You know what I'm saying? I, I just know, try I'm just, to stimulate. I'm just joking, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> Next time I know what to say. Yeah. But um, pizza. I don't know. It was interesting becoming vegan because I stopped eating pizza for a while. But there's places in New Orleans. That was like in your heart. Like, that was your soul food, right? Pizza. Well, when I, I was vegetarian for like eight months, mm-hmm. actually, before I became uh, plant-based completely, and uh, I ate like 80% of my diet was pizza. <laughs> That's just bad for like, health. I used to have artists like pay me in pizza, like straight up, that I'd be working. Well, yeah, don't even pay me per hour. Just bring like just six bring pieces. Pizza, yeah. Yeah. That's and, what's uh, up. Yeah. So, but there's some five places in New Orleans uh, to get some five vegan pizza. Tell me where you get your vegan pizza from, I and mean, what toppings you get. So the best spot, uh, in my opinion, that's got the plant-based pizza is uh, it's called Red Truck Clubhouse, and uh, it's um, <sighs> on Rampart Street, okay, downtown, and they have a pizza called the Hell Satan, which is like <laughs> actually like it's a pun which mm-hmm. you seem to like a lot. Uh, yeah. It's Satan or Satan, which is. Um, Hercule from Dragon Ball. Uh, it's actually a, a soy-based product, which a I'm lot a of soy times boy. I love in, soy. So a lot of times it's used in fake meat. So that's they have pepperoni on it. That's or it's both. It doesn't really taste like pepperoni, but it probably just looks like it. Uh, yeah. It's a five piece. It's got like peppers, olives, and they put potato chips on it, which is like so fire to me. That's it's cool. got a crunch to it. Words. So yeah, shout out them. Hopefully they give me a free pizza <laughs> for shouting them out. Dude, hit them up. Hit them with the link and be like, I shout you out, boy. Facts. Oh shit. But uh, I'm a little drunk. But where up? Hello. Okay. Testing. No, yeah. Uh, Whole Foods got some fire uh, plant based pizza actually. Whole Foods. Yeah. I have not been in the Whole Foods. I like yeah. I've been pushing it off. They got, well, one like on South, they got one on South Broad that has a lot of... It's the first Whole Foods in the country that's marketed towards low-income communities, actually. Fuck so, yeah. A lot of the items in there are very low Didn't, price. Doesn't the guy who owned Amazon buy it? And yeah, it like, dropped all the prices Jeff or something? Jeff Bezos. Yeah, so what he did was... He's still a selfish motherfucker. Yeah, he definitely is. Like, That's a whole other topic, but he, uh, <laughs> like, he recently put out this whole program where he's saying he's trying to uh, become a big philanthropist now that he's the richest person in the world mm-hmm. and the main thing that he's interested in working on is homelessness and there's like all these people that work for Amazon who apparently are homeless who like have to live in their cars because they're not making enough money to pay rent so it's like ironic that yeah uh, it definitely is like he, dude like, fuck. the problem starts at home yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. but uh, 
Regardless, no, what he did was he bought it, and I don't know if they dropped the food prices overall, but they have certain sale items, which if you're an Amazon Prime member, um, you can get special discounts. At Whole Foods? Yeah, by specifically being a Prime member. So if Fuck yeah. If you're not Prime, you don't get the discount. Like I'm getting a discount. Free, yeah. So, uh, but uh, the piece is pretty expensive there, honestly, so I don't know if it's the best deal, but like the... I'm gonna have to try at least once. Weird. I, I used to love today, the cake. Fact, so. I used to love the cakes over there. The cakes? I never yeah. even tried that before. Yeah. They I don't know if they're vegan or they not. They got vegan everything over there. Yeah. So. I don't know if it is or not. Word. But it was good. But um, no, yeah. So shout out Whole Foods on South Broad. That's fire. That's a fire little place as well. And um, there's another place called uh, Pizza Delicious. Which is down by Euclid Records. We were talking about record shops before. Yes, yes. Euclid is definitely one of the most fire record shops in the city. I'm gonna go check them um, out. They have a huge selection and uh, a lot of inexpensive records. Like as a digger, like myself, like someone who is trying to sample records, my goal is always like I go in with ten dollars and get as many records as I can. Cause get them one dollar records. <laughs> exactly, two for a dollar sometimes. Yeah. Like if you can, so. Yeah, they have a really good uh, sale rack, so a lot of times I'd be at Euclid, and Pizza Delicious got a fire vegan pizza as well. That's what's up. But yeah, um, yeah, that's that's, that's what, it. That's what my favorite food is, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I think. That's in-depth enough for me. All right, for sure, blessed. Might even have to edit something out, just keep it brief. Nah. All right, we're, we'll I'm leaving it, this in, we'll too. Keep it long form. I know, yeah, you never want to edit out the part where they ask you to edit it out, because <laughs> that's like the funniest bit. Yeah, it is, man. Um, I'm a comedian at heart. A shitty yeah. one, but a comedian. Man, that's the last, that's a final frontier for me. I want to get into stand-up comedy, actually. I'm thinking about it. I'm, I've been writing a set. A lot of people say it's the most difficult platform of writing, so it's like, I would like to challenge myself to that level and see what's up. I have stage fright, so I feel oh, like that's going to be like a... That could be a difficult thing. I mean, I know I do this, but I'm not talking to anyone. Yeah, no, it's just us. It's, it's just us. And like they say that public speaking is the biggest fear. <laughs> so worried. I've never had that problem, honestly. That's not what I'm worried about at all. How many shows have you done? Can you count? No, I've done probably over a thousand shows in my life. I started performing when I was five, actually. Oh, damn. Um, I used to be like a b-boy, breakdance a lot, and did other types of dance as well. Um for a long time. So. Do you still dance or have yeah. you lost it? I still dance, you know what I'm okay. saying? I break it down sometimes on That's stage as well and on Thursdays sometimes I'll do a little something if the crowd's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not dancing? Oh, sorry. I'm like chilling now. I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, so I started doing shows when I was really young, single digits and like I told you earlier, slam poetry. So I've been on stage in front of over a thousand people when I was a teenager still before like I even knew what the fuck was going on that's awesome man so yeah lots of shows I mean now I, I have my residency so I do a show every week and um I'm very comfortable on stage that's never really been an issue for me that's awesome that's a good skill to have so, yeah, especially in the, the music industry yeah facts I mean it's interesting like I've ghost written for people before as well like um there's a few artists I work with in New Orleans who are very talented singers but not very ta- as talented writers uh, who you could use help or needed help, and I've written for them, and that's something I'm super interested in. I like working. Do with you think? Artists. Do you think that takes away from anything? I mean, that's what you gotta ask. Is like takes away from what? Like the purity of that person's music? Yeah, like since they didn't actually write it. Like, I think it can, but it doesn't have to. Okay. So when I've worked with artists before and given them assistance, like it's come from a place of like. 
Like the greatest example I can give you is this uh, young girl. Her name's Amari Gatson. And she's out in LA right now. But uh-huh. she uh, lived in New Orleans for four years. Went to school at Loyola. That's how I met her. And she's an incredibly talented uh, piano player. Incredibly talented. Classically trained. And uh, she would come to me with uh, an idea on the piano and an idea about what the song is going to be about. Maybe even a couple lyrics. So, let's say it's a song about like a relationship. Like She'll explain to me a lot about what's going on and what she wants to talk about. And if I can pick the right words to make it flow well for her, it's still okay. her story that we're telling. And <clears throat> there might be sense. things in the story that I empathize with that I've been through as well. So it's partially my story too. But at the same time... Um, that happens even with the listener. Yeah, so I don't think so. I don't think so. But at the same time, there's other artists who you hear about having ghostwriters and they might be spinning straight bars and stuff like that. So that might take away from what did you consider their skill level was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if Just the delivery, you know? But at the same time, I'll tell you, like I've recorded hundreds of artists of all different calibers and kinds, not just rappers, mm-hmm. singers, and uh, jazz musicians, and like... Delivery is very important. And something that a lot of people, I think, don't know is uh, there's this band that was called The Wrecking Crew. Have you ever heard of them before? No, I haven't. All right, so this might be one of the more interesting portions of this okay. podcast. So, like, a lot of the songs that are very popular, that, like, maybe your parents would be most familiar with, but things from, like, the 70s, late 60s, and early 80s, like, um, a lot of the funk tunes and even the rock tunes, um in the studio it was all played by this one band called the wrecking crew and they are like these incredibly talented studio musicians who would get hired to come and play all of the technical parts and then the artists themselves would still sing the lyrics but live so like the whole band wouldn't do shit it was just the singer who had to sing like the singer would be singing and have written the song but the actual performance that gets recorded that everybody has listened to millions of times now or in 2018. Yeah, it was the different band, not the even band. the original and this band. band doesn't get any recognition. Now, they're on, their names will be on the uh, liner notes of the yeah. record, so they do get some amount of recognition, and they get paid. But the fact is, is they are insanely talented, technically skilled musicians, and people don't even know about them. That's fucking so awesome. So that's, that's essentially the same thing as ghostwriting, like... When it comes down to it, those people may not have had what it took, whether it be the patience, the wherewithal, the temperament to be on stage, to be huge rock stars, but their technical skill was, I mean, greater than, you know, and we're talking about some of the most famous bands ever. Yeah, that's Um, that's pretty intense. So there's a documentary about them called The Wrecking Crew, actually, that I super recommend. You learn a lot about uh, that process. But it's just to say ghostwriting has been going on for a long time, and... uh, well, I know it has. So it's like, I don't really know how I feel about that fully. I don't, like, I do know that it, it has to happen. I guess if it goes in the form of, like, like you were saying, with bars, I guess it kind of takes away from the credibility. But the, like, but, de- but the definitely the delivery is important. The delivery is super important. And if that artist can deliver, like... Because I can write some fire-ass shit. And so, word, you might have to give it to Drake. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. I, like, I, can't, I can't spit and, that. And that's know? not even nothing against Drake because he writes a lot of his lyrics too and has written some really good songs that he wrote personally from back before he was really big. Yeah. So, that was um, his, arguably his better shit. I, I would honestly say so. Like, Take Care was a... A very good album to me and like i know other people have so far gone favorite word so there you go like <laughs> and the fact is is like 
working with other artists doesn't necessarily take away from your credibility because you're still the guy. Like that's yeah. what it takes. You're the face. So yeah. and that's important too. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, I think it goes both ways. Drake had the good trade face. Word. And the voice. <laughs> and the voice, yeah. Like, he's got a fire voice and a fire yeah. delivery. I definitely don't think that should be overshadowed. Definitely not. Like, as an artist, personally, like, there's a lot of times where I have a song and I'll be like, damn, like, this delivery is hard. And you think about that a lot. Think about who else could possibly do Drake this. could fucking kill this shit, See, like, man, not even man. him, but who, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, somebody. Yeah, I know. But it's interesting, like, uh, Twista. I bet you, I don't know if he has a ghostwriter, but, like, I bet you there's a lot of people who could write things that they could not spit as well as he could spit. Oh, yeah. Period. So it's like, <laughs> same with Busta Rhymes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Busta Rhymes can do a flow that very few people on earth can do. So, yeah. Um, but at the same time, as an artist who does completely write all my own music, completely produce all my own music, completely record, mix, and master all my own music, there's another level of skill to that as well. Which oh, definitely. Goes back a to one like man the band. Inside of it. And I do think that. That should be noted. Like it's difficult to, it's difficult to uh, really articulate. Like you saw Drew Brees last weekend. He did yeah. a spin move. You know what I'm saying? Now you don't <laughs> see Drew Brees run very often. Yeah. But at the same time, he ran in the end zone two times in that game. Now everybody know he got an arm, but when he pull out the run and he wins the game with that, like it's he difficult gets, to yeah. be. It's difficult to have everything in one. You know what I'm saying? Like you never see Tom Brady running. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So this is just to say. Sometimes the guy doesn't have all of the five, like in, in baseball, they call it a five-tool player, right? So like, you might not have all the skills, but I think if someone does have it, I think they should get more recognition for that because it's rare with, and difficult. With all the sports analogies though, like they go over my head. Like, oh, word. I, don't, I hate sports. Well, regardless. I knew what you mean though, because I, mean, I everyone do Everyone knew about, about the Drew Brees Super Bowl. I yeah, yeah, I did. So I mean, we in there. Shout out the Saints on the Super Bowl this year. For sure. I still, I still rep the Saints, but like, I'm just, I'm just here. I don't know the fuck's going on. Well, regardless, I'm a fake ass person. No, nah, you're a real person, honestly. <laughs> I appreciate you having me too. No problem, man. Sure. Anyone tell you, you look like Russ? I've heard that before, actually, yeah. I'm just joking, though, but you like, I was at Buku Fest, <laughs> and, like, I had an artist pass this year because of, like, some people I know or whatever, and we was walking, and one of my homies was filming the whole thing, mm -hmm. and I'm walking through with him with his big-ass camera, and, like, all these girls start coming up to me, like, oh, my God, like, yo, Russ, can I have a picture? And I'm, like... You should have ran with it. Like, we didn't... We didn't not run with it but yeah. like we also didn't I wouldn't take a picture with no one uh -huh. but like my other homie was there and he's like no I gotta get him away from you and I'm just like trying to go back into the artist tent like away from that probably him. made you look more like Russ it probably <laughs> did obviously but um, it definitely felt it was a it was a good feeling of what's to come for sure you know what I'm saying it's a little but, foreshadowing yeah foreshadowing it's gonna happen precisely. it was nice having you bro thanks, thanks for coming appreciate through appreciate you much love Justin much love Austin for sure. peace, peace.